This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. You're listening to a live stream recording of Brain Fuzz on site from their residency at the Temporary Arts Centre in Atlanta. It's messier than usual, in a good way. In this episode, Joe and Matthew speak with photographer Jill Frank about her work, the nature of lo-fi youth and the specific works on view at the Temporary Arts Centre. Man, keep it up. <laughs> All right. We're here with Jill Frank. Hi. Photographer? Do you prefer artist? I'm, I kind of like photographer. I like artist too, it's accurate, but I, I have never minded photographer. Okay. And now you're ex- now you're exploring a different. This is this your first video work that's here, temporary or no? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yes, it's my first video. I've made many. I've never shared them. Okay. I've made many that stay on my hard drive in my computer at home that I look at and I think, oh, that's so intimidating, and nothing occurs. And then this is the first one that has entered the world and left my studio and I gotta say I didn't read it the right the, the right way the way I should have and you we just were walking through there and you what do you mean should though what made yeah. you say should uh, I looked at a couple of things had I known that this was like a voluntary talent show where I thought some of what I was seeing had been staged maybe uh, and of course there's a, a little bit of staging that occurs in that well, I, I, so like Saturday, there was a talk here, and there was talk about whether there's wall text and all that entry point into the work. So was that something you would prefer, or do you want the viewer to just experience it? I think it might help. I made little cards that just say, talent show. <laughs> and I think it might help because it attunes the viewer to that first phrase that the kids say when they come on. They say, my talent is... And then they'll say, I can cry on command or yeah. whatever it is that they're, they're about to do. And that's really the staging. That's it, is that it is a talent show that I organized um, and I advertised for. And these are the people who answered. And then we simply held a talent show. So there was no audience beyond the people that were, you know, helping me, like, with the camera and the sound. Um, we just had everyone perform their talents and... You know, on occasion we had to say, like, say that again and do this. You know, we didn't focus or something. Um, and then the screens are split between that talent show, which ran pretty much like clockwork, and then footage of them outdoors after the talent show, all doing the talents at the same time. Did that answer? Not really. Well, uh, we're just going back to that. Like, And it came out in that discussion. Like, the, the room seemed to be split on those that find that sort of, uh, is ephemera the right word, or uh, documentation, direction, what have you, um, helpful, and then those that don't care and just want people just to experience the work. And I always just think, I love to ask artists, like, what do you want me to think, or do you want me just to throw me out into the cold water and just, like, figure it out? Uh, I'm one of those that I might want to look at the stuff first, but titles are great, or, like, I... You know, just knowing that, oh, a talent show or seeing the ad, like, I don't know. But I'm one of those completists, I don't know. You, you and I go back and forth on that. Yeah. In, in this case, I, I wish I had that because 
I didn't make the connection with what was happening um, behind me. With what you see on one side is um, an awkward moment for a young person, and then on the other side, there's that celebration. And if you only digest this, the the awkward moment, then you then you're kind of walk you walk away maybe with a sense of there's like a hopelessness, but when you when you digest it with the celebration on the other side, you realize that there's hope and there's. That's interesting because I mean I found all those very confident, you know, on the talents. Like I didn't see any hopelessness there. Ah, that's good that you. That's good. My only thing, and I always I have to say like I get flummoxed with like video. I'm always like, what am I supposed to do? Do I sit down? <laughs> do I? That's just being an idiot, but. Um, but I, I kind of thought I was even having a seizure or something was happening behind me. And then you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah. to know that those two. But I think that's also great, you know, in terms of, um, and I'm not in any way, this isn't like a critique of the work yeah, or anything no, like we're that. we're not, we're, that is, we are, we're not having we a conversation. No, we don't do that. We are not critics. Nope. <laughs> Although somebody I spoke with earlier today put us in that category. Really? He said you're passive aggressive critic. Oh. Everybody's a Come on. This is a this is a knowledgeable and No, but I mean show up at a bar after any any show in town, right? And let's face it, suddenly everybody's a critic and, and oh but I didn't really see the work. But how many times oh, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. you know, I thought I didn't really have time to it turns into Gene Hackman in uh uh the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> What'd you think of it? Well, there are no characters weren't really de- they weren't developed. <laughs> they weren't believable. No, it's it's uh, that's good that you read it that way because I I and I really focused a lot of that on um, the young lady who cries on command. So if you've seen the work, you really need to know that her talent that she's bringing to the talent show is she can cry on command. I don't know why. That and was... cry and kick. Yeah, she kicks. Can she cry? So much. Can you cry on command? No. While while you're kicking. While no, you're I kicking. Don't... Does she have to kick in order? Well. Um, I don't think so. I think this was one of those moments where she knew she's very smart and she's very interesting. And I think she just processed very quickly, like, oh, this is something I can do that's very unique. Not many people can cry on command while they high kick. I mean, that's a really high kick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Admittedly, when we were filming that, we we're so shocked and surprised and amused by this particular talent that we giggled a lot. And so it was hard to find footage where we weren't ruining it, but it was just so shocking. Because I when she figured out she had this talent. Cause it's like those yeah. Dana Schutz drawings of like swimming while smoking or yeah. like, how, <laughs> how does that happen? <laughs> Screw loose. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that seems like the back, the footage that you have from this could be amazing, like a Christopher Guest kind of documentary or something. But, um, like, when in your norm, normal work, are you usually working, like, with assistants? Because obviously you have models or what? It, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, was this different? This was really different because, well, I've never, you know, my video experience prior was not successful for often logistical reasons. So, you know, there was a period of time where I was like, I'm going to videotape this keg stand. And then I got home and it was just not functional footage. You know, it wasn't focused. The sound sounded just scratchy, weird. I just, my learning curve was steep. So 
this time I asked friends who knew what they were doing to be there. Um, and I had some awesome graduate students who showed up and helped who were really knowledgeable. Um, but for the most part, it's real people. I, I don't think of them as models. They never are compensated. Um, and it's always really transparent about the barter system being the work. What do they receive a print? I guess it depends on their wishes. So some people go out of their way to say, I want a physical print and I'll do it. I'm very slow. So I, I've learned, this is the thing about teaching. I think you learn to push back from the beginning. So even before I take the picture, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take your picture. I'm really slow. It might take months for me to develop this film. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, it might take weeks for me to scan it. And then I might be weird about it and just not want to look at it for a while. And then I might have to take the dust out and then I might have to print it. So there is this whole like neurotic now confession mm-hmm. that happens when I actually take a picture where I'm pushing the person's expectations way back. I love this. I needed this <laughs> in one of the last interviews where everyone ganged up. Conversations. What did I say? <laughs> Interview. Intervention. Interview. <laughs> Conversation. Discussion. Discursive discussion. Um, but, uh, yeah, the neurotic part or the uh, the not looking, I think. As you, yeah. as you were to saying. To what you have. Yeah. Oh, it's so anxiety producing. So there's a thing about this type of film. I'm shooting large format and there's nowhere in this region that processes it. So I have to ship it to New York. And there's this whole bizarre thing that happens when you photograph and then you ship it. There's a tracking number, and there's this anxiety before the person gets it. Then there's the email, I got it, processing it. Then do you want to see a test? And then the whole anxiety of, like, no, you just decide. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see a test. You know, or, yes, of course I want to see a test. And then the film coming back and tracking and tracking and then getting it. And then it's sitting by my front door in a package while I'm like, I just, I need to just lower my expectations before I open the package because... Oh, God, what if it was terrible? Do you normally, uh, like, what do you think of most of, like, your work? Are you one of those that, like, do you tolerate? Do you hate everything? Do you love everything? Do you love some? I love some. But it's... I'm okay. highly selective. I might think I'm on your team, where yeah. it's, like, where you're just calling. Like, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Or a jury's out for a long time. Right. And then you just love it one day, and you don't know when that happens. Does it take it... Does that... Uh, happen once it's in public? Do, do you think that's something, like getting it out of the studio or away from you get some distance or loss of control? Because, I mean, I do think, like, art becomes art once it's out of your studio, and there's something about that. Really? You can't, well, you can't do anything else to it. It's on the wall, or it's on the floor, or it's in okay. space, or whatever. I don't know. Most of us will wait till that last minute. And then maybe a little longer to deliver the work or whatever. But once it's out of your hand, then you're finally like, okay, yeah, it's done. But otherwise, we'll, like, we'll obsess and just keep picking at it or editing or what have you. Those of us that are neurotic, I don't know. So it's more the leaving of your nest I of wonder, control? I was, I was thinking, like, the... when you put that in the FedEx, though, and I know there's still that anxiety, like, I hope it gets there and it doesn't wind up. It's in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, <laughs> but we think we can get it there. But it, but you're like, yeah, it's <sighs> at least your part's done and you can go back to like, you know, whatever it is, cleaning the studio or uh, I don't know. You know I, at what point do you relinquish control? Like it's on the wall over there. You could, you know, you could still the way it's presented. There are things that you could. Well, those are so the installation. There's I shot there's 14 kids that showed up and I took 14 portraits yeah but we had space for six so there's six large-scale portraits that are inside those beautiful hanging hovering walls that are 
Was that your idea? Oh, no, it was all Scott. That yeah. was? That was all, the hoveringness of the walls. They're, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. He modeled it. So Scott Ingram is just a really generous human because he's the only reason my mocha show worked. I couldn't afford to make the double-sided hanging frames for that show, and he just showed up and offered to work with me. See, it's drywall. I he has not, a chance to mud and drywall. I have not heard this. Oh, this my is God. another side. That I, I didn't, didn't know him very well, and he knew that 15 grand... I mean, as much as I love that... I love that Mocha gives you this amazing support live yeah. on air, that's not actually a lot of money for, for photography. No. In fact, it's laughable. That's about the framing bill you'd get right. from... So forget the year of production, the filming, you know. Right. So when I had this idea, I was like, they have to be double-sided. They have to be hanging. They have to be hovering in the middle of the space. Uh, William Downs said, you must talk to Scott. But what a, you know, we we always, man, all these conversations are bleeding into. My rosé kombucha. Oh, no, not on the U-Haul sound blanket. You don't have to. No, no, sit. It's just come on. It's art. That was amazing that you jumped up and and we're you know looking for a napkin. Not here. Not here. The uh, okay. No, this I know exactly how that happened. There was an issue coming from Whole Foods to here, and that's how that happened. So I haven't heard about this side of uh, Scott. Oh my gosh. I don't know how to thank him properly. I said thank you, and he was like, "Cool, okay." Uh, Liquor liquor works really well, but. So one of the recurring things, like most of us, I don't care what your medium is, most of us are pretty solitary in a studio, and I keep thinking, like, what really made this work um, was more of, like, the band aspect, mm-hmm. and these, you know, you mentioned William and, and Scott, and um, we have a weird foaming com- kombucha. <laughs> it's a kombucha. I've never <laughs> seen kombucha like this. Wow. Is that, like, with a blueberry muffin? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, this is amazing to me. I have never experienced What's it. What's that going to do in your... Wow, you do have a Can little bit. Can you this? We'll get it dry clean, don't worry. <laughs> we'll send it. We'll, we'll send staff it will handle it. Um, well, I keep... I have this fantasy of, you know, like what it would be like to um, be like Tom Sachs or these artists that have like this staff where mm. you have somebody like, oh, you're not good at Photoshop and then there's this wizard that handles it or builds your your hanging floating walls yeah um so it pays to uh put yourself out there and i mean balanced reciprocity right you help out and then people will did not expect to hear that phrase today balanced reciprocity it goes back to my uh my anthropology days i get why you added the word balanced yeah i was going to say wait no you just reciprocity but no you're right how much of the process for you, though, is, like, if someone could just swoop in and handle the vid- all the stuff that you're talking about with video and, and adjusting and the learning curve, if somebody just swooped in and did it for you, how would that change the work? Would it change it in a good way or bad way? You'd get more work out sooner, but... I'd say mm. on this particular shoot, I was very careful. I asked a friend named Brian Bankovich... Um, who's been in Atlanta for a long time and makes a lot of political short uh, promotional videos. He's very good if you need one. Um, and I asked him to be there, and I kind of thought he would hand me the camera and observe me 
making mistakes or doing it right during the day and help me. But he really did most of it. And I was like there, we were making, we were composing things together and figuring things out. So it was highly collaborative, but that was the most, that right. That was probably the most I'd ever relinquished control, but I was on a second camera. So you're seeing 90% of his work on, I did this side and he did this. I did the Bacchanalian side and he did. Did Really? You did that? Yeah. I mean, he helped a lot. I had like a highly skilled person there. Yeah. yeah, But that's not, that's the toughest part, right? Yeah. I mean, he set it up so I just pushed the right. Oh, okay. But I still still, do. I really think you, yeah. Yeah. You were selling You are selling Well, but I was on the still images too. Like I was like still images. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, keeping myself busy. And I had these awesome students over there like to help with lights and but I, I don't normally have help, so help now I feel a little spoiled and concerned about how wonderful that was and how in the future I might. You're gonna have like leather oh, pants yeah. and gold lame and yeah, like, over there. <laughs> <laughs> I would love help. It's great. Help is great. The theme that runs through this, through the video work, and then of course the work that that we're most familiar with is. I saw it in a review described as lo-fi youth. Oh. Did you? Shows that were past. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of like that, but I also at the same time wouldn't like to hear what that is defined. Like if you had to. Lo-fi youth. I wonder who said that. It wasn't me. It was a a writer. It was a writer. It was a writer. It's interesting because I use such a high-resolution camera, but it's a camera that's prone to mistakes and disasters. So much goes wrong with large format that yeah. I guess I'm there's sort of two personality types that use that camera, and one is a highly anal-retentive, careful, very, very rule-following photographer. And what camera is this? It's this old one, you know, that goes under, you go under the cloth. I didn't know you were using that. That's all I use. I and didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. We were talking about that recently, though. Who We were. Who, oh, with Gregory. Yes. Oh, yeah. Episode 49, Gregory Harris. He is so sweet. It was a great conversation. So there's that one persona that's, like, really highly controlled that uses that camera. And then there's people like me. I don't think I use it right. Um, I use it slowly, and I use it carefully, and I make images that come out. But... I'm putting it into chaotic situations and so many things go wrong. I mean, bugs will land on my film and expose themselves onto the images all the time because I'm kind of slow. I'm sorry, they're exposing themselves? (laughs) And then you expose them later? And then, well, they crawl onto the film and And they're there. And they're there, they expose all right, but I mean that's like really then getting super super high end like right. It's not a but, lo-fi process, but I would say I'm not a I'm not your typical user of it. But in I'm terms a lot of like more um, accident, po- like the poses, the the set, like oh. I, I just don't think it's this. I see. I think like, I wouldn't even think like what do you think of um, Nan Golden's? What were the ones she would uh, when they would get together in the bar and the slideshows? Oh yeah. But like those aren't to me are like are those lo-fi you know like because they were like Polaroids and they were or they weren't because they were slides sorry that's a that's like saying you're on a Skype call I'm specifically interested in moments that are hi-fi but tend to be documented lo-fi right situations in our lives that are really important but we're like oh whatever that 
wasn't such a big deal. Maybe there's a picture of it, maybe not. Maybe it's a bad picture, doesn't matter. And then I bring my big resolute situation in, make a photograph with a camera that should make you think harder about its social importance, right? So Would you ever make a, quote, a bad photo? I'm sure you like, you, most teachers, you know, like there's a, in one of those paper monument books, um, there, totally. it was mirror short. It was like, make a, you know, your assignment is to make a bad piece of art. Um, but would you ever give yourself that, or would you? Do you ever do this? With I make like, bad art so often. Well, I have to like right. It's part of yeah. The well, I have to like come through. But wait. Oh. But I mean, like, would you like the old like Kodak Instamatic, or like, do you ever? Yes. Switch to yes. True low-fi, like toy cameras, or I mean. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, it's they're beautiful. They're beautiful. I love all formats. I I think the only reason I've stuck with this format is that. I'm enjoying its pace. It's slow. And I'm like, oh, this is so rad. No matter how much pressure is on me in this moment of documenting, I can only move as fast as this camera. So in these crazy chaotic party things, I'm like, I'm like a dinosaur. I'm moving Wait so a minute. slow. I've never even thought about that. So if yeah. these are, these are not staged. Are you showing up at, are you throwing the party and then photographing or are you showing up kind of crashing it? Um, in the middle, I'm almost always hearing of it and then inviting myself. Great. All right. So then you show up and then you're, you're throwing. Are you serious? Throwing? Yeah. And then. <laughs> yes. Really? What is and that then, thing called? Because I, th- I said that in an episode recently. I know. I keep. I was like the hood or something. And it was just like the music stuff. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they call it. <laughs> the dark cloth. What? The burka. Dark cloth? Dark cloth? Because okay. it's a cloth. This is what it was. All right. Um, did you read? Do you? Are you familiar with Thomas Joshua Cooper? No. There was this amazing article in the New Yorker. I read this one, and I just scared the hell out of me. But apparently, it's taken him like thirty years to photograph. It's the Atlas of Emptiness and Extremity, and he's traveled like all over the world. And it sounds like a Wes Anderson movie. He's the kind of icebreaker for like six months. But he he has large format. Obviously, the exposures are endless. But he gets like one crack. But I mean, yeah. And he gets in a fight with, like, one of these ship captains oh, wow. who's finally just, like, the equivalent of uh, Scotty in Star, uh, Star Trek, you know, who's probably like, I can't sustain it, Captain. But anyway, and he, he's hanging over, like, clips, and he's just, like, I, That's absolutely amazing. Um, the New Yorker article being discussed is, A photographer at the ends of the earth, Dana Goodyear. Beautifully written, and you're just thinking, like, you know, and married, I think he has a kid, like, you know, somehow, despite having, like, Wow, like this tenacity of traveling, like you know, six months out of the year to Antarctica, or you know, would you look up Trump's Greenland? Would you look up? Oh, another one! Oh, (laughs) can I really not go get a paper towel? Sure. I don't know if we have any here at the temporary. Refill off of that. Take drink the rest of that, and then put that in. I want to see what you think about. No, don't drink that. Blankets carried a lot. No, I'm talking about what's in the cup. Oh. Is that crazy or what? What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. Isn't it mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. So this is organic and raw, and this is the coveted black cap. <laughs> I'm serious. This is the one Over that has the yeah, but it's like minuscule. Damn, I'm treating myself. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and the thing is, this is organic and raw, and it's like it's gonna. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, you're right. That's gonna. Smell. It's gonna. It's probiotic. The, the com- yeah. There's going to be all kinds of biology happening over um, here. Oh, my God. Here. I hey, can, I've got Clorox. I have, a, I have a... 
Um, so, so... Oh, I have a dear friend that does that. Um, so, so, so... Shout out to our, our painter friend in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, Alan. <laughs> but, like, so the notion of, like, mistakes, uh, happenstance, and I think there are artists that are, like, you know, like the Jackson Pollock, the, the height of arrogance. I, I mean, I love the work. Uh, but that there are no mistakes. And I'm like, come on, really? Never? That cigarette butt that's right there? That was intentional. But, um, and I contrast that with uh, one of the fine um, talks this year at ACP was uh, Michael Stipe unveiling his oh. book. And he was talking about, I won't do my Michael Stipe impersonation, but um, although I was, somebody did ask me. They, they, I was mistaken <laughs> for Michael Stipe that night. Well, they're like, well, you're skinny and you're bald. And I thought, that's offensive. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, but um, he was talking about the like the magic that's in like some of the mistakes, or like like makes you who you are as an artist. Um, And he went, he he got pretty serious about it. But I don't know what what you think about that. Like, is that is that where the good stuff resides? Do you think? Because like we're all like it's never good enough, which I think is maybe a good quality for anybody doing creative work because it pushes you to keep going. Man, I mean, I think the medium. I think this is what photography does so well. It's this medium that is so contingent upon, well, if you're using it conventionally, it's so contingent upon what is happening in the world or what's already there that it's wildly out of my control. You know, it's like, is the cloud doing something cool? Is the person, you know, having uh, lipstick that's slightly off-center? Is, you know, these are things that I didn't, stage I didn't create and they're they are happenstances right so there's this way that the medium is about interfacing and recording stuff that is already in that category of chance but like so the bug as you were saying yeah. making that low five and I'm thinking like and I'm going to get grief from the portrait painters out there but like you know why is it a lot of us well you know I mean I'll throw out sergeant even like um, one could argue that those are really well painted beautiful portraits but like how come like we and eh, we've seen it right and what is it about like when we see like go back to nan golden like is it the humanity is it the the sense that maybe we're catching something that's candid um everyone's looking at me like what are you talking about no you're um, right because it's a question that never stops being hard to answer like really good art and i'll bring it back to painting like how come a lot of people are like man that's just so Right, because it's so good. And it so can be polished. so technical and perfect, and yet, then people are like you put you throw a Basquiat up, and people are like go, they lose their minds, or insert name here of artists that excites you, um, or you know, same thing with photography. But um, that's not saying the composition is crap, or hmm. it's just it's such a fine line, and I don't. It, that's one of those things where I don't think you can you can't teach it. Um, and I think, like you're saying, like how many things do you have to make to get that magic? And some people, I don't know, it's a hundred, and to get one, or I don't you know. Well, you know, there isn't anything that interesting about a perfect photograph of something that you're already familiar with. It's sort of like, who cares? I mean, right? We see them all the time. So I guess it's built into the recipe that you're trying to find something that feels raw or different, or you're trying in your approach to have some path that feels fresh and exciting and high risk. Um, 
I definitely don't. I'm, you know, I'm in a place right now where financially this camera is not viable for me. It's so expensive to shoot that rare film and ship it a lot. What are we talking about? Just for context, I don't know. I've tried to explain to people I photograph that it's ten dollars a shot to make them understand why I'm not shooting tons. Right. But when I actually added it up, I was like, oh, it's way more than $10 a shot because I'm not really including all of these incidental, like, shipping type things. And all the, you know, I'll lose several sheets just because, like, the chaos of the moment. So getting the picture, right, ends up being so much. So renting a digital camera that is of the same yeah. quality result would be better. I mean, I'd have to learn a new thing in the world that doesn't seem that So do you do any digital? Hard. Yeah, in fact, on one of the shoots here, I rented a camera because I, I got a grant around the same time. and I So there was a part of the shoot where I was like experimenting with the digital camera, but I think I just didn't love... They weren't equal. I went with film whenever. I, was, I don't know if that like is like the equivalent of like maybe a, a sketchbook where, again, you can shoot like burn through right. 100 images versus if you've got... 24 exposures in your camera. Right. You're going to be really judicious, I think. Or it's like, oh, got to go home. Um, which is why I was showing you that New Yorker article where I'm just thinking like, yeah, right. you hike through or go to Antarctica and you've got, it's, it's, this is it. That's a lot of pressure. I, do, I love that question, though. I don't think that we, I think everyone answers it differently. Like, why is it that, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> You know, something that's always struck me about your work is just, just the clarity and this crisp. Is there any processing after it's shot? Yeah, there's a whole dust removal thing with that film. That yeah. part is digital. That is? Yeah, the dust digital. Yeah, really? so you're, you're sitting there. Yeah, because there's so much dust that lands oh. on the oh, whole. Oh, because of long exposures? Well, actually, there is that dust. That's dust part one. There's a whole weird photo dust thing, dance, yeah. that happens. But... And then there's dust that falls on the negative. So you get it back, you open your package, take the film out, take it to the scanner. And during the moment where you remove it from the box and put it into the scanner, it's accepting dust from the world. And Ugh. that dust scans in. So you would I be looking this, at a portrait. I think you're, yeah, I see where the neurosis is yeah. kind of like those of us, like you frame something and it's under glass and you see people like that just date like fried chicken in there yep like wear the gloves and uh, and then there are other people I, I, we were well Saturday yeah uh, with Drew Conrad we were talking about wouldn't it be great like those people and I threw out Chris Martin the painter not the Coldplay dude um, <laughs> that make art that can be I know this is such a I'm so sorry it, yeah. no I like no, that character. one look this is uh, far worse <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like that the it's art stupid Sorry. No, it's okay. But, you know, like art that only gets better with the uh, being dragged around, kicked around, and yet there are those of us that still, like, yeah, I, I love that kind of work. I can't make it. Like, I still want this hermetically sealed, like, no dust, no, no nothing falling off the drawing to the bottom of the frame where I'm like, damn it, I've got to vacuum that out. Wait, now. so that's you? You vacuum I think, it? Uh, I, I will really fret about it, yeah, until it's out of my hands, and then it's like, oh, it's in your house. And... No, no I'm but there's always that pressure because people yeah. are always telling you make it bigger, make it smaller, make it looser, make it tighter. You've you... always worked to the. I mean, you could always. They're big. I make really big photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and haven't seen. 
a small photograph? No. Yeah. What's the smallest you've worked with? Um, I just, yeah, I just saw that the high has a, the smallest pictures I've made in a really long time up. They just put them up today. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> How about that? They're small. They're 8 by That's 10. Awesome. I'm sure I've printed smaller. They're 8, eight by 10? Yeah. Really? I mean, they're little. I have never seen... Huh. Yeah, little pictures. Would you also... So you could make something larger and then also a version smaller? Or yes. is it you'd only do... Those are only small for now. Any but photo books? No. No. Oh, we're big fans of photo books. I know. Well, what do you love? I, I just love books, period. Um, artist books, sketchbooks. But, and uh, I saw somebody recently here the other night when there was the mass exodus, when, like, the, when it was closing time, and uh, there was this quick conversation. I guess somebody heard like one of the episodes. And, um, I were they talking about Gregory and the Skylark editions? Yeah, but I'm like, yeah. that kind of stuff, like, I mean, I look on my shelves, and, uh, I mean, obviously, like, I do what I do, but um, I, I would say for the longest time, like, that... And it's probably also cameras, just the, you know, those SLRs, like, in the yeah. late 70s and 80s. Like, yeah. It's just like, wow. And I just was not a good photographer. Ever. What's a good photographer? Well, I mean, with Jill, a... what's a good photographer? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's like you can use that that apparatus to communicate whatever you want to communicate. I'm just saying at that age, even just, like, in a in a non automatic like just f stop, yeah, that sort of thing. Like oh, that not, yeah. it was math. I'm like, whoa, whoa. well, now it hasn't hasn't it shifted completely to composition in the Instagram world? It's all about composition rather than Ooh, you're getting you're driving it right to where we were talking wow, about. Yeah, that. Murray, we're already back there, huh? I think it's about immediacy on Instagram. You know, so that's a cocktail, and one of those things in the cocktail is composition. But I think it's got to do with like contrast and you know, some content organization. Do you think, I mean, and we're not going, we have to say this with Gregory, it's not like this, like, because, you know, painting's dead, you can go about <laughs> anything. But um, but with Instagram, you think about, it, if anything, it's raised the game. We're all, like, photographers now and can make... Like, content stuff, creators. Stuff I yes. see on there. But I wonder, like, how much that raises the game for, like, true photographers. Because, like, you're right. You have to have composition. It's or you're, true. You're catching the unexpected... Um, Sublime. It's so true. Are you competing? Do you feel you're in competition with that? Or? No, I feel I'm a lover of photography so much that it's so dorky. I, I thought it would fade. I thought it would be like, oh, when I get older, I won't love it as much. And then I still love it. Um, That's good, because you would think the more you do it and the more you teach, you'd be like, I'm really into macrame now. No, I... That's fantastic I, that you've kept your... I kept a space for macrame. I thought that would happen. And then instead, I'm just like deeper in love with photography. But to a point where I actually welcome that strange plurality with all of those other voices. Because the truth is, there's not that... You know, the conversation got much bigger as I got older. Yeah. Right? Right. Like when I was younger, it was like... I only know who's right next to me holding a physical print. Yeah, right. There was no internet when I went to college. Yeah. Right. Who, I mean, who are some of these? Like, can you go through influence? Like some influences, or like, um, like in that era? Like, who were you? Oh, in the nineties, like in college. Sure, just um, I was heavily, heavily influenced by the folks that were at Yale mm-hmm. at the time. So you know, that was the moment for like Kurtzen and the folks that. I think were at, before him or after? Uh, no, were his students, right? Ah. So like the the Anna Gaskell and the Justin Kurland, and then 
I was in class. I mean, my professors were Stephen Shore and Larry Fink, and they were so good. Wow. Yeah. So Stephen Shore, like, yeah, there's those books. Are right. Great, and he's amazing. Yes, and that's why that camera made sense at the time, which was like, of course you'll learn this camera. And of course at GSU, we've made large format this really, like, it has its own, it's like anchored in our curriculum now, because for me it was transformative to be like, slowing down because you're shooting like this as a you know photographer and all of a sudden you have this camera that takes you five or ten minutes to take one picture and mm-hmm. the picture's different obviously mm-hmm. um it's not so. the uh the video from girls on film by duran duran that <laughs> 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 right 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 it really right. doesn't work that way looks yeah. great all right we located the article and oh um, oh um Look at... Is this pirated? Is this not yeah, like... Do you remember? No, it's this real article. It's I, a real I enjoyed article. it. It's a real interview. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. Uh, so look at the... I think it's the first paragraph. Okay. If you... Humble Arts Foundation, New York.org. There you go. John Feinstein, uh-huh. who is an artist and a writer, and who was in... Who was like a freshman when I was a senior at an undergrad. Oh, okay. All right. So what was really cool about this was he was like, I remember your senior show. Or maybe not a freshman. He was just a few years younger than uh-huh. me. You're using a 4x5 camera in a non-traditional way. You reference lo-fi youth culture snapshots. Boom. Party pics with stylized precision. Got it. Okay. So he's talking about me remaking very, very lo-fi images with a high-fidelity camera. Yeah. So he's right. But, 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 <laughs> I love how my phone is out when there's all these beverages. This could be deadly. Just sink it in some rice for a few days. But you, oh, you reference lo-fi youth culture snapshots. The snapshots are the lo-fi part. How is it I read that though, differently. With, I like, read it's that on differently. a digital camera. It's not. It's not a freaking code of Instamatic or whatever. From I'm splitting hairs here, but lo-fi means something very. Very, very specific. He's. I think he is talking about. I think he's saying you're referencing disposable cameras of the nineties. Okay. I think because I am of the nineties. Can we call them? Can we? Can we swap them in? We have that technology with all this. There's computers. There's all kinds of stuff. We got so many computers here, and yet we can't get this person. We're calling them. We could launch space shuttle, but we we can't. We have more. Get this person. Gigabytes in here. It's it's a staffing problem, is what that boils down. We to. need uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some interns. It's funny that you know what you're you're right, and but I I I read that differently. Well, I'm really interested in this idea that you'd have this profound social experience that shaped who you were, but you'd have no documentation of it, and then you would have a plethora of documentation of some really banal, not important moment in your life, up in your home or up or in your family album, that documentation was out of sync with actual important moments. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the moment you open that letter or the... Right. But can you document it? Because that's like the... The, the minute you open the letter. It goes back to like when you're, stand, you're at a concert and there's all these yutzes with the bones and you're like, why don't you listen instead of standing there yeah. trying to... Yeah, but I get to your point. I mean, like certain things should be documented, but how much do we want to, you know, hold in our brains? Which is going to change every time we tell the story. The furniture moves or whatever in the story, but um, that—that's an interesting thing because nowadays I think everyone's committed to documenting every single second. The band's playing, what it, what you're eating, what you're drinking, and is there something about 
Well, the very totally. the, the nature of the selfie itself is the selfie itself is <laughs> the nature of the selfie That's itself. The name of your next show. <laughs> that is such a good selfie name. <laughs> uh, is <laughs> sorry, that's so the good. The, is that it's Man, staged? Generators it's here staged, and you're so packaging cool. this moment for other people to consume, and then hopefully compare their lives against. Right? I mean, let's face it. That's what most people are doing the selfie for. So, in that in that case, you've, you're given this tool that you could document, you could provide an honest document of your life. And yet, we don't do that. What we do is we package something and then put it out there and essentially market ourselves. I uh, heard somebody, by the way, and I think I told you this. Maybe I didn't tell you this, Joe. If not, I'm glad I'm doing it right now. <laughs> With the tape rolling. This is all analog, by the I way. Was in a, I was in a record shop, and as you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how many times you'll go into a record shop and somebody will be asking about records and how to play them. The way my brain works Don't is you I want typically the, the Seinfeld soup Nazi then and you're just like get out of store. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, and I overheard this, this is what they said. They said I I've been in there I don't know how long, half an hour, 45 minutes with these guys. They're on the other end of the store and they say one of the guys says I really should get into records because <laughs> this is what he said. Because they're big, <laughs> they're more expensive, you gotta buy a lot of gear, you gotta keep them clean. Yeah. It's like a high maintenance significant other. <laughs> he said he said, I really should get into records because oh Ooh. because music <laughs> is a part of my personal brand. And he was serious as a heart attack. Was he wearing dockers? No, I didn't. I, didn't I, I was still processing what he said. That I, but music was such a part of his personal brand. And when I talk about Instagram, that's exactly what I'm getting at: is that we're fashioning that personal brand. Well, then this is a good segue. So, to your earlier question, which is, you know, about fidelity, high fidelity and low fidelity, yeah. and what I'm, what I did, and later you know, projects that happened before the show and maybe are related to this work is look at selfies and just try to collaborate with that person and, and make really, really, really high fidelity detailed versions of some of those pictures just so that we look at them and really study them. Because yeah. if you try to posture your identity and package yourself in one picture, you miss things, right? Yeah. Like a hair is out of place, but this is a two-inch screen, so you can't tell, you know? But you can tell That's on true. a five-foot image. Yeah. Like, you can see that, you know, someone's holding the camera and their hand's turning red and they're straining. Or you can tell that, you know, the veins in someone's neck are, you know, stressed or something. But that's a fidelity thing. Do you... So when you're when you are doing, like, the auditioning, so, like, let's say you do a one run of, you know, 100, and yeah. then the next one... Will you alter for that edition, maybe? I've never run a second edition. Okay. Because I've never run a full edition of um, one image. And they're not very high, but... And I'm very lucky, slash... I mean, I, I always thought of it as lucky. Um, because I think producing images like this, it's really labor-intensive. Just to make yeah. one enormous five-foot photo. The amount of things that can go wrong when you, like, 
have it <laughs> and yeah. get it to the framer. Just that journey yeah. is always like, uh, I just bought a new car for this reason. And I used to drive, this is my first automatic. So I've been thinking of the parallels between, you know, records and the fact that I now drive an automatic instead of a stick shift and how I, I don't miss it. I mean, my foot feels better in traffic. There's all sorts of things that are easier on my actual body, but I'm actually, I'm scared that it will go away. I, I'm, you know, luckily a friend bought the car so I can like go visit the car, but I still think Keep a lot about it. Up. <laughs> I'm like, park on a hill. You never this. know when you never know I'm when not you're going to break. Yeah. I'm going to just, yeah, parallel park on a hill. Um, no, but yeah, there's a lot that goes wrong with these big, these big photos. And I've, I've thought a lot about how I'm really lucky that, um, because they're highly representational pictures of people Sometimes, you know, this isn't the work that goes over. Even your friends who love you don't want to put it over their couch. They're like, oh, this anxiety-ridden teen, I can't wait to see it every day when I come home <laughs> from work. <laughs> but institutions do buy them. Yeah. I've been very lucky in that way. That's great, though, that you're thinking about that. I mean, I think most people should be thinking, like, who's, who's your audience or how yeah. do you want them to view it? How far away do you want them? You know, is it standing five feet away or ten feet away? I mean, maybe... I don't think that's just germane to painters or, but that goes back to the photo book thing. So it sounds mm, like you're more, exactly what I was you're saying. not interested maybe in shrinking these things down into this small little format it's, or is it the right publisher hasn't come along and that's part of it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I want to make one that I'm really excited about instead of just one that's my work right now really quick. I want to really do it. No, right. but what I'm getting and I, and it makes me, Maybe it's the wine also warming my heart, but that notion of like this, no, but the built in uh-huh. slowing down. Yeah. Cause everything is so quick, quick, quick. And mm-hmm. we need this by blah, blah, blah. And I think like, you know, like, wait, no, it's art and we're not selling widgets. And, and some of us need more time to just like, I don't, I don't know what I have. It is, is this something? I mean, I'm, if you were, what would you, would you go with a theme or would you? A book. Yeah. Um, and then. I do think it's really interesting to think about. So photography is all that time and the second and the split second, which is why I think there's so much slow motion in that video I made because I was so interested in the way that Grace, there these movements that all these wonderful young people came together and picked these talents that I had no idea what their logic was in choosing. But when you take a dance or a kicking crying situation or whatever the talent was when you slow it down my god that's so powerful yeah. i can't believe i have a tool to change the pace of viewing it's bizarre because with a camera it's a split second i can change the amount of time i'm using to record a moment but the moment is you know condensed into a flat two dimensional mm-hmm. plane later mm-hmm. for your consumption at your own pace I think, so, I, think the, I mean, because you can savor it. Because I'm just like right now, Scorsese's going through my mind mm-hmm. and, and Wes Anderson, of course. But like those, the best parts, again, opinion, sorry, not being a critic. Not, um, cri- not criticism. But like you know, when I think of some of those movies, it's like that's because it defies reality where suddenly you get to savor these. Like somebody walking. <sighs> From the funeral. Th- or, or yeah. right. Or in, in Goodfellas, them walking through the mm. Copa and like that uh, long yeah. shot mm. of. It's just magic. How about Reservoir Dogs, that same thing. Classic. So like, good. Because otherwise, everything's over, and maybe that's why we love 
slow mo, but even photography, you're like, you're catching that instant of somebody, you know, because I always think that's what's amazing that whether it's staged or not, but like somebody can look completely like there's great shots. um, Jim Marshall. Okay, Jim Marshall. And I think I I started and I'm like, there it is. (laughs) Jim Marshall. I almost met him in San Francisco. Um, now I'm sounding like I should have a tweet. You almost met him in on. San Francisco? How well, he lived in San Francisco. I was there. Oh. And I was buying some of his work. But, um, yeah, like, so, like, when you see, like, I have a book of just his um, contact sheets, and it's just, like, every shot is pretty much, he wasn't just, like, get girls on film. The, the long and winding road to this was, there's this great shot of, like, Janis Joplin, where she's smiling and she's sitting backstage, and there's a little Fender Princeton amp right there, mm-hmm. and she's got a bottle of, um, I guess, Southern Comfort on her lap, and in one shot, she smiles, looks happy as can be, and then the next shot, just this abject terror and uh, looks miserable, you know, and that's that thing of like, in whether that. it's a second or, but is that the lie of a camera or? No, that's its truth. That's its skill. But whatever you're catching though, because like I'm always thinking what happened either immediately before this or after, but we take that as gospel, which always is, is fascinating. I mean, it's what keeps you coming back. Well, but I think that's what's so interesting. I think that conversation is so exciting and vibrant and not boring. But And that's all... My Mocha show was just about that. So I framed... Uh, this was now three years ago, which feels like yesterday. But I framed photo- photos in the middle of the room that were taken a second apart so that you had to be a really ah. careful observer. You had to walk around them and say, this girl... And I'm really into crying. So there was a girl who was like crying and then stoic. And the idea was like for you to understand as an observer in the show. We're all moving through exhibitions so quickly. We're like, consume, 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 big photo, got it, got it, teens, got it, got it, sad, happy, got it, okay. But if you're really looking, you'd be like, wait a second, the girl I just clocked is sad, is really confident and self-assured and full of agency in the next image. That's crazy, you know, that these were taken a few seconds apart. And to start kind of processing the fact that there's absolutely no way one image can encompass all of that mercurial, like, crazy identity and yet, shit. the high school yearbook picture. Right. <laughs> yeah. How fraud is that? Yeah. But that's such a cool space to explore. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. I should do that, actually. We used to have something that we would ding if there was oh, a... Oh, I want that yeah. to come back. But well, but you, I've heard, my friend, I've heard... Jill, what she, she said somebody was full of agency. agency. And, yeah, we were dinging And, and I might... Not kind of art, art speak... Oh no! Buzzer on you. you. Agency works though. Okay, but but it was full of agency. You're right. That that might be redundant. Do you think that that's agency is full? Is that? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that that's so? Is confidence so full of agency? Tells me this is someone who's very confident. Yeah. Self assured. Okay. Self possessed. Okay. Because everyone has agency. Are you saying that everyone has a? Is it a? Is it a? Is this a flexible? Can, can do we all have a finite amount of agency? Flexible agency. Do we all, that, does our agency grow like a currency based oh, on our social gosh. media following? That's interesting. I don't know. That might be more in a conversation on confidence. And you're right. No, you're right. Full of agency could be <laughs> grammatically incorrect. I'm not in saying it's grammatically day. incorrect. Brain I, it could be. But I'm. But I'm. But it's an interesting concept. It's is that it, it's that one can uh, exercise. 
one can expand their agency. Right. They could express it. I think express well, can ex- yes. vulnerability and expressed agency uh, are something that are really I just wanted to freaking just, cool. I just for the record, I wanted to... Repressed agency. No. Let's do that. Repressed agency? If you're going to, you know, got to get the whole, the Ouroboros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. Rep- yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the gesture. That does uh, yes. remind me that it is ten to late, and yes. I was told that they have a hard stop at eight o'clock. Oh, we got Jill, I feel like we could do okay. this for hours. I'm really okay. Enjoying. Okay, I think if you're our one, favorite guest of all time. What? That's so. One, you say that to everyone. If no, one, we don't. Actually. Um, no, we don't. I no. spilled wine. You have. He you spilled have, like, actually. You have so many shapes tonight. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> I keep talking about that. His recycling must be amazing. It is amazing. It's, a, it's aggressive. Okay. Well, it that is. was so much fun. Um, we're all right, so we're not over two. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we should. Well, do you, if one wanted to learn more about your work and/or oh, yeah. buy something, what would they buy do? Something. Um, I have a website. Um, it's my name, Jill Leah Frank, and how do you spell it, Leah? L E A. It's okay. not obvious, but so J I L L L L is the third L. It's now I understand for people. Yeah, and then L E A. But I'm Googleable. It comes up. You are. Quick. All the so, criticism, the it's museum uh, yeah. acquisitions. I just can't. <laughs> I don't know that I would actually get to your website for all the <laughs> for all the critical acclaim. No, this was so fun because we're all kind of making all this work anyway for the conversation. And I think sometimes we get so busy we forget to have it. You were just listening to a live stream recording of Brain Fuzz on site from the residency at the Temporary Arts Centre in Atlanta. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify and Stitcher. Thanks for looking through the window. 